Come on, we make our way back to our seats. Morning, everybody. Everybody enjoying the heat wave we have currently today? I want to welcome you to Grace Point Church. My name is Pastor Rich. I want to just welcome our guests this morning. Thank you for coming out. And again, don't forget to fill out a, a card and get you a good gift because we got some good gifts back at that welcome desk. So um, someone told me you have an iPhone piece on it back there, but that's just a rumor. That's sure. So anyway, if you've been coming for a while um, and if you came last week, we're in the middle of a series called Core. And what we want to do is start the year off getting everyone know why Grace Point Church exists what we do, how we do it, and the effects of it. And what we want to do is actually cover our mission. Last week, if you were here, we covered Connect. Today, we're going to cover Grow. But let me give you a, just a little review on what we went by, because in case it's your first time here, you're trying to figure out, who is this church that looks like Dr. Martin Luther King? Imagine it. Did you know that eight out of ten churches in America don't look like this? We're in the top percentage. So you walk in, this is amazing. Yeah, this is God. So when I want to give you our mission, uh, who we're under, we're in a a group called Every Nation. It's a family of churches around the world. Last time I checked, I think we have a 1,000 churches there. Their mission is we exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. So when you walk in, you see the young section, because we love college students, and we know they're going to change the world. And it's an opportunity now because life is changing in all the forms, and we know all the habits and all their worldviews are formed on the campus, and we want them formed for Jesus Christ so they can change the world. But us adults, that doesn't leave us out either because we still have to help fund that, don't we? See, because they have no money. Remember that. They have no money. They got a lot of zeal, but no money. Not yet. Not yet. The parents say, get a job now. Anyway, our vision is reaching people and building community. Reaching and building. And we use that, our scripture, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We take seriously what God says about go out and make disciples of all nations. That's why we all look different. All nations. Not just one people group. All people. And our mission is connect, grow, serve. And what we're going to cover today is grow. It's one of those key words that God calls us to do is to grow. I took the word grow and I put it this way, how we have it on our webpage. And we want to grow in our relationship with God and one another. Grow in our relationship with God and one another. Everything you'll hear, God first, people second. That's how God put it. So our heart is to do two things. When we hear the word grow in Grace Point Church, there's two things that we really take seriously. One is we want you to establish foundations. And two, we want to teach you how to, how, we want to equip you to minister to people. Because how many know it's not the pastor's job to do all the work? Yes. But sometime in culture, they think, thank you, sir. Everybody else don't agree with you. It's amazing. They want me to go to 50 hospital visits and, and all those things, but God has called each and every one of you to do that. But the first thing he called, the first thing I want to cover is establish foundations. If you have your Bible, you want to take it, go to Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. 
Luke chapter 6, 46 through 49, and how Jesus is talking to the people and how he puts growth in such a, a unique way, the word grow. But he says you can't grow unless you have a foundation. If you also, if you know about the Bible and, and the uh, Gospels, this story is also in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. But I'm going to use Luke chapter 6, 46 to 49, because it's so, it breaks out so well. Where we go, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not, do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me hears my words and does them, I will show them what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the, and laid the foundation on the rock. Circle that. And when, not if, when the flood arose and the streams broke against that house, it could not shake it because it was it had been well built. But the one who hears and does does not to them is like a man who built the house on the ground without a foundation, which if you look in Matthew, it says he built this house on sand. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. And we're seeing the metaphors of rock and sand when Jesus is talking about foundations. How many people I got from Abilene here? How many know there's certain parts of town you just don't want to put your house unless you dig deep? Because we have shifting clay that shifts your foundations all different ways. We're talking about those who build their house on a stone do three things. They come, they listen, and then they practice what they heard. Now, in America, sometimes we just come and we listen, but we don't practice. And we can't, we can't separate growth apart from doing something. Because how many know you got to practice to go get at it? So when we look at that, he's talking about establishing foundations. Now, the rock he's talking about is Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says this, But no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is in Jesus Christ. He's talking about a house, your house. How are you building? Are you building on sand or are you building on Christ? That's a challenge. If your worldview is to build on the luxuries of this world, you're building on sand. If it's to build upon Christ in the kingdom of God, you're building on the rock that cannot be shaken. And we're noticing today a lot of things are shaking except the church. Now, we don't look pretty. We might not act pretty, but we are strong. Because Christ is the head and he's our foundation. So we can stand on the rock. And it says when storms come. How many know storms are going to come? And everything you build will be tested. Now you won't be destroyed, but you have a chance to build it all over again. But some of the writers put this as talking about the end times when it's time for Christ to come back. What is your house built on? Then there's no second chance. So you want to build upon him, build your life upon him. And our heart here at Grace Point Church is that you build your house upon Christ. You ever see how we always, I make the joke about love God, love people. We know you cannot love God. I mean, you cannot love our church apart from loving God. We want Christ to plant you here, not us to woo you in. Because if we woo you in, someone's going to woo you back out. And I'm not that good at it. 
Ambassador Steve Merle, our president of Every Nation, said this. You know, we cannot have lives that are storm-free, but we can become storm-proof. Now, certain things I talk about establishing foundations. The very first thing you want to be established is in the faith. When I talk about being established in the faith, talking about knowing that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Not just Savior to save me every week. He's Lord and he rules my life. There's a king and I am walking and I am serving the king in his kingdom. And the greatest thing about growing, walking with Christ, one of the greatest gifts that we receive is the word repentance. Because that gives me progress. That gives me hope. Because any given moment, any given day, I can blow it. And I don't say I'm sorry. I say, God, I sinned against you. True repentance says I sinned against you, and I'm not doing it because I got caught. I'm doing it because I love you so much. Knowing the essence of that, you will have a successful life. Because can I, can I give you a statistic? Nine times out of ten, you're wrong. Nine times, I, and give you one because I like you. So I need to repent every day, my attitude, everything. And I realize that that's a foundation stone. Baptism, know about the baptism, water baptism and baptism of the Holy Spirit, the full counsel of God. I don't question what he says because I know it's true. Every time I get up in the morning, all my doubts are, are gone when I see the sunrise. Who does that? Not the Big Bang, the big God. And knowing about the baptism and not being so crazy about it. Why would God give us nothing to work with? It's not a matter of we don't say it right. It's a matter of us trusting the full counsel of God. You got to have a foundation in that because, you know, the storms will come. And you need to have someone inside of you greater and the power inside of you greater than the storm that's coming towards you. Another thing, the Holy Spirit. The full counsel of the Holy Spirit. Knowing that apart from him, I can do nothing. I'm not a good motivational speaker. I'm only speaking by hopefully what the power of the Holy Spirit says. So establish in the faith, the full counsel of God. That I trust him in everything. Even the stuff I don't understand. I said, God, just explain to me. If it takes 50 years, I'm hanging in there. Even when I read my Bible, some, will you read Revel, ever read Revelation? Okay, God, like, this is my sixth time reading it. Help me understand. And he says, not really for you to understand. There's only one thing. Jesus is coming back for a victorious church. That's all I need to know. I don't need to know the time because he said, you don't know the time. But if I don't understand it, that don't mean I, I, don't mean I ditch it. I trust it. Second thing, be established in the word of God. You see the difference between the man on the sand and the man on the rock was a word we don't like, obedience. Do we? We take it out of marriage. When he says obey, we don't like obey. You're married, you better obey. Nine times out of ten, she's right. (laughs) I'm trying to help you here. It says obey. We try to take it out. Obedience is very good. It is great for the soul. I need boundaries to live in. And the boundaries help me. 
and to be established in the word. Know what it says and then do it. Think about it. That's our heart. I'm passionate about this. Because every time you come to my office, you tell me there's an issue. Hey, have you been in the Word lately? No. Well, go and read it and come back. <laughs> because everything you want is in here. I'm not it. I'm not the Pope. I'm rich. <laughs> Jesus wrote it. It needs it. Everything in here. If you don't know it, here at the beginning. If you don't know, I'm not trying to put no one down if you don't know the Bible. Go back in your Bible. There's words. What does that word mean? And then go find the scripture. He made it so easy. So the difference between success and failure is obedience. Establishing that. Memorizing this thing. I need to memorize it when times are tough. When I'm not feeling good, I need to memorize what it says about me. When someone says I'm not this. I got to memorize what the Bible says about me. I am salt and light. And I am this. And I am victorious. When I don't feel like it, then I memorize it and I read it and I say it. I start to feel different. I make my feelings line up with the truth. There's no excuse for that. This is where I am. Read the word. You'll change. I'm going to be hard on that because we love to sit. I mean, it's all over television. It's their fault. Their fault. When are you going to take responsibility? Now, when you were seven, you had no choice. When you're 27, take responsibility. And stop blaming everybody else because you got to be sick and tired of blaming everybody else. If you're sick and tired, okay, the word says grow up. Grow. Sorry. Let me move on. Because obedience is important. It's good for you. It really is. It teaches you how to love people, how to walk in this life. Because it's not easy today, guys. You know, it's not getting, it's getting kind of worse for our benefit. And we can't blame the prayers. And we can't blame Congress. And we can't blame our neighbors. All we can do is praise God that we have an opportunity to make change. Think about it. The life of Christ in each and every one of us taking ownership of our neighborhoods, taking ownership of our workplace, taking ownership of our city. Man, nothing can stop us. And he said so. It's in his word. We're victorious. He's not coming back for a busted down, broken, busted, disgusting church. Even on your worst day, <laughs> you're beautiful. That's what it says in Ephesians 5. You're spotless. That's what the word says. You don't know what I did last night. Repent. You're still spotless. Doesn't change God's view of you. Other one is, this is fun, established in the church, being devoted to fellowship, being devoted to Sunday morning and, and life groups. You know, I lived, I had an opportunity, me and Ms. Don had an opportunity to live in Las Vegas. And we had fun in Las Vegas. I had to go to work all the time. But even on, we, on our date night, we, on once a month, we go down. And you can eat in a buffet for, in a different buffet for at least a year and never hit the same hotel twice. You go to breakfast here at the Sands, you go to MGM, have a great prime rib. How many love prime rib? See, they know they make prime rib in Vegas, not here. Anyway, just kidding. Sorry, I know. Sorry, bad joke. Should have talked about Dallas. Yeah, yeah, y'all, that's why y'all a little down today. I understand. It's all right. I try to tell you. Anyway, back to where I was going. Got to wake you up. 
devoted to the fellowship. The reason why I say that, I'm seeing today in America, we have like our plates out. And we go. I'll go to Beltway for lunch on a Wednesday night because they feed me good. I'll come here on Sunday morning because he, know, he knows how to yell and spit. <laughs> Sunday, you know, I'll take my kids and I'll put them over here in uh, Fountain Gate. Now, I got permission from every one of them to talk about it because that's what we all talk about when we get together. I know them, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and we try this and we try that and we're walking around full. And you know, nothing like home cooking. There's nothing like home. Even though we went to all the buffets, there's just nothing like home cooking. I come home, Miss Donna, I mean, it's the greatest meal where I grew up, where I put my head. It's home. Our heart is here. We don't want to make this a buffet line. We want to make this the line that you learn from God and grow here. Go here today. I'll go here tomorrow. And then you hear, I'm like, I'll make, so how, do, I mean, what do you believe? What he said last? What's your own belief? And now we got the internet. So and pastor so-and-so said, so I can't know what he said. Now what do you believe? What does Grace Point believe if you call it home? Now, we're not perfect because I'm here. And I'll bust every bubble in your, in your heart. If you got high expectations for me, sorry, that's not me. It's just me. I can get over it. I'm over 50. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> How am I getting? Let me sit back down. Being devoted to the fellowship. Sunday mornings, participating. Life groups, getting with a bunch of people, trying to figure out what God's saying. Being the disciple in the home. Here, our house. We have a great, we're a unique house. I love all the other houses. I, we fellowship all the time. And we know we're a unique house. They're building a house. I'm building, we're all building a house, but we're all kind of different. And we love the diversity of it. But I don't go hang out and say, this is my home. This is my home today. And I'm going to go here. And I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. Come on now. Don't say, now, here's the thing. We have this habit of saying, well, they don't, we don't have it here. Well, maybe you're the change agent that needs to bring it here. It don't exist because you decide you don't want to do it. Now, if it's under the vision and the values, let's do it. But don't go, well, they have this, and they have a buffet line. And you know what happens when you eat too much? <laughs> you get full. Then you get tired. This is boring. Christianity is boring. Yeah, because you need to lose some weight. <laughs> Serious. God wants to build his church. And our heart's for us to grow. Here's the thing. Establishing foundation is good for you. Because, guys, how many know you got some storms at your door right now? How many are dealing with some storms? <laughs> They're going to keep coming. They don't stop coming. I told Donna, every year, in the last two years, every summer, we had something. Had a storm come in last year. Knocked my fence over. Had a storm this year. Hail storm. Tore up the car. I'm like, Lord, this June and July, let's let it be sunshine. <laughs> he said, don't worry about it, Rich, you can handle it. I said, really, I can't. I'm glad you trust me so much. <laughs> Established foundations are so important. Think about your life. What are you building your life on? Young and old, what are you building your life on? 
That's the question. Because what life does to you is what life finds inside of you. How life affects you is what life finds inside of you. What's inside of you? You solid? Here's the greatest thing on the planet. Whenever something gets destroyed, just scrap it away and build again. Because God loves us so much. Second thing is, equip to minister. I make jokes about that, but you ministering helps you grow. Not sitting and learning. How many teachers I got in here? You want those kids not just to sit there when they're 27. Teach me, teach me, teach me, teach me. You want them to take the principles that you, you taught them and go do it so they can grow up and experience it. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, this is Paul talking about the church, the, organ, the organism, not just an organization. It's organized, but it's an organism. He says, he gave the apostles, the prophets, and evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip, uh-oh, the saints for the work of what? For building up, which means building up means growth of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, which we grow up into him, basically. That's what it says. So we may no longer be, oh boy, children with another storm coming. That word children means infants. How many got newborn babies? Now, no one? It's a long winter, no problem. This is an infant. If your kids, how many got teenagers? They act like infants sometimes, don't they? Do you want your teenagers still sucking a bottle? Nothing worse than a 50-year-old infant. Because it takes change to grow. Tossed to and fro from waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we ought to grow up. Everyone say grow up. In every way into whom it was the head. That's why I love the church. As long as Jesus is the head, there's hope for the body. That's why I don't read those things. The church is dying. The head isn't dying. That means we're just getting recalibrated all the time. Trying to figure out what the spinal cord wants to do next. We grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which is equipped when each part is working properly, making the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And he's talking about four stages of growth there. First one is equipping the saints. I'm a gift. Like the way it says, all the teachers are gifts to give you, equip you so you can minister. Equipping you, not leaving you um, high and dry. Equipping you in life. Second thing is the work of ministry. He said, what's the work of ministry? Helping each other, serving each other. You've seen, you seen um, Mr. John there. He's walking around with that uh, crutch because, you know, he decided he's still Michael Jordan. But he's retired now, so y'all can get his autograph. <laughs> now, John will tell you, when that knee hurts, your head hurts. When he's hurting, we hurting. The body, when he's doing his work for the work of ministry, ministering, talking to people. I'm not saying hi. I haven't seen you in a while. Ministry to people, your neighbors. How many of you have some neighbors? You're like, boy, they're the worst. Guess what they're waiting on? The work of ministry in the house and outside the house. 
unity of the faith. So we all start to think the same way about one person, Jesus. Because there's some weird things going around right now about Christ. He had a wife, he had, and people getting up, you know, mother God, oh my gosh. And some people, what does that mean? That means turn it off, don't read it. One thing I learned about taking tests, Ms. Donna taught me this. Whenever I used to take a test, I would take all the wrong, especially a multiple choice test. I would take all the wrong answers and cross them out. And I only read the right answers in my, in my study guide. So whenever I took the test, I knew the rest of them were bogus, and I knew this one was a true te- answer. And I did very well with that because I don't, look, I don't study the false. I only study the truth. So I know exactly what it means. Now, the reason why I didn't do good in school, especially in math, because I didn't pay attention. I didn't want to do it. Math, man, you know, I always said, I'm going to need it. Now I'm, I'm building stuff. I sure wish I knew the math. But as long as we got a computer with a, a, a calculator, because before you didn't have a calculator, you just had a pencil and your head. So uh, what it was, and what I'm talking about here is building into a unified body. That we're all, when you're bouncing around from place to place, first of all, you don't know your own theology. And let me tell you about the theology of, of Grace Point Church. I'll make it simple for you. If our theology does not cause you to love and work, it's a bad theology. I love, if it doesn't cause us to love people more, love Christ more and love people more, and us to serve him and serve people, it's a bad theology. It's off. And recognize the grace of God. It's a bad theology. Unity of faith. We're all thinking the same. Think about a body with the head and it's streaming down everyone's line, alignment together. That's what we're trying to do with this series. Align everyone. Everyone asks you, how do you connect with Grace Point Church? Well, show up, go to a newcomers, go to a new members, go from there and get in the life group. Those areas and then foundations, all those things. Second thing is on here, we're all called to grow into the likeness of Christ. We're all called to grow into the likeness of Christ. And this is what this is saying. As you're serving and we're equipping you, you start to really walk in Christ's likeness. There's no separation of secular and sacred. Just Christ. Yeah. Whenever you think that, I'm supposed to be different at work than I am in, church, in here in this building, that's wrong. That's you. You are who you are. If you're a child of God, that's who you are, in and out. Now, your words may change, but your principles and your, your values don't. You know, they say, you're not allowed to say Jesus. That's okay. I can show Jesus. Until I'm able to say Jesus. Come on, somebody. Don't leave here and I praise. Hey, Monday through Friday, that's where you spend most of your time. So we equip you to minister. Someone needs prayer. Someone needs an encouraging word or a note. I mean, love encouragement. Wow, that just puts you over the top. Some people need that. A lot of people need it nowadays. 
Here's a strategy. Acts chapter 2, verses 42, 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers. Talking about teaching God's word, the fellowship of believers. Breaking of bread, <laughs> I'm in. And prayer. How many know you need prayer every day? And those environments, showing up to those environments are huge. That's how we do it. So we, can get, we can't do it on the internet. I can't tell you, lift your hand on the screen, you'll receive healing. That's not going to work. And you can say, that's my pastor. He don't know you. That's my elder. He don't know you. That's on television. You show up and say, hey, I've watched you for a He's going to say, okay, well, go sit with the other thousand over there. Coming together, this is powerful. Something changes. All of us walk in a certain way. If you're tired, been a bad week this week, you come in here, something inside of you changes because it's, a, it's the fellowship of believers coming together for a common good to worship Jesus. And when we worship and we touch his heart, he brings down peace. He brings down joy. He brings, you don't even know why you, you came in here messed up. You leave here lifted up. If you run out of gas, you have a life group you can go to, go meet with somebody else during the week to get a refill. Or you can help fill someone else up. You don't go the whole week. Now you pray. Hopefully you're praying and you're reading the word. If you're not, come see me. In prayers. That's a strategy. There's no other strategy. That's the way Jesus put it. He told them, don't wait for me to go up. Start building that community. Can I give you? We're not part of a culture. We are the culture. Think about it. We are the culture. Now, everything I just told you, establish foundations, equip the minister, coming together, which is foreign for us because it's tough because everyone's shy or we don't like to get close. We don't even build houses anymore where we can fellowship. Everything I told you, I can tell you, go home and do, make it better. Work harder. Serve better. There's only one way. That this, you can drive into this. It's that you're hungry. Matt, I shared this a couple weeks ago. Matthew 5, 6. It said, blessed are those. That word blessed means happy in the Greek. Who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be what? Satisfied. Satisfied. Give me a quote for John Stott. There's no greater secret of progress in Christian living than healthy spiritual appetite, which I just told you, I don't have it all today. You got to have an internal motivation on hunger for God and the things of God. It has to drive you to God. Every day I get up, I love the church. I love all this environment because it drives me. He drives me into relationships with him and with people. It's exciting. There's something that has to come on. He calls that really, you look at that word, it's a desperate hunger because we all need to be desperate for him. Something has to drive you. It can't be um, do four things and jump on on one leg. It's not going to happen. It means it has to be eternal. You got to be hungry for God again, which restores your zeal. You cannot wait to get here and worship him. You cannot wait to get to a life group and hang out with people. Because something inside says, I need to know what you want, God. Like Moses said, show me your glory so you can show me your moves. 
He says, show me your glory so I can know you better. That's why I said, show us more, God. Show us more of our city. Show us more with each other. The gifts and the talents that's in each and every one of us. Show them up, God, so we can do great things for you. Hungry for that. You got to be hungry for that. It's what drives you every single day. It doesn't matter. I don't want to be left out. He says, I want the fullness of God. I don't want to miss anything. Think about it. Nothing. But it's got to be hungry. Hungry. And I can't work off yesterday's meal. You ought to see me and staff me when I have breakfast. My, 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 nose, my, my stomach's going, Ugh. I don't retain much. I'm always eating. Love to eat. Love to feed off God. It drives me. It's got to be eternal. Because when you have that internally, you'll love him. You want to go deep with him because he says you dug deep. You never know if God, when you get born again, he's all over the surface, isn't he? When he talk about dig, digging deep, he wants you to go dig because what you dig, you find the gold. I love, how many love the show Gold Rush? Y'all act like y'all don't watch it. I do. <laughs> and then coming in Alaska, they got to peel off all the, the layers to get to pay dirt. To get down to the, what is it called pay? It's called pay dirt. Yeah. And then when they get to the pay dirt, that's where the gold is. So when you're walking with God, you want to get down beyond all the, all the weeds and all the great. Give me the best stuff. So we have the greatest revelation, the greatest thing to do. It don't matter how old you are because you act like you're 20. Right, John? <laughs> Had to say that. Think about it. You're hungry for him. So I can't go off yesterday's meal. can't say, you know, back in the day when God did this. That, that don't last. The nutrients are gone. Okay, every single day. It's a new day. I learn something new every day. But it got to be hungry. Those who hunger and thirst shall be satisfied. That word satisfied. We hunger and thirst for everything else but God. And we get everything else but God. When you hunger and thirst for God, you'll receive everything God has for you. The marriage, the finances, everything. And you go deeper with him. And the deeper you go, the greater the love. I got some trees, Afghan pines, that they're supposed to go 50 feet. You look at them the first three years, they're not growing. They're growing down, tapping into the tap root. Now they're growing all like this. Windbreakers. That's how God works. That's how we should work. Never settle on yesterday's meal. Never settle on yesterday's revelation. In fact, five minutes ago, it's gone now. And God wants to do something special today in the world. And we're all part of it. When we look at Ephesians 4, 7, it says, we all have received the grace. There's a gift inside of you that's a sitting dormant. And we have to, as a church, we got to find it. We got to dig down beyond all the unforgiveness, beyond all the anger, beyond all the pride. We got to dig it out to dig you up. Everyone stand. Because I won't interview you on stand.